Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface. And Father, today I want to discuss something that we discuss quite often, quite frankly, which is relations. And in the relationships I want to discuss today is something that has been around, I guess, since the Dhamma time, because it's something that Jesus deals with as well in his conversations, which is when we or people we know are having relationships with the outside society is not approval of. So in Jesus's time was, how can you hang out with a tax collector? How can you go talk to our Gentiles? In our time, it's how can you go watch a video of a flat earther? How can you talk to someone who's on the other side of the aisle? Or how can you want to date that person? Or however personal you want to get that level. It's something that is always with us. And because it's so elemental to the human being, to the human life, it's something I wanted to give a little bit more time for because I really like focusing on these things that you know people take for granted because it's like, oh, why do we do it that way? I mean, that's a basis of how I run my business. I think it's something we should look deeper and judging people for their relationships and being judged for the relationships that we're doing. There's pros and cons to it, but I want to just flat out have a discussion about it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I think there are a lot of interesting things that are happening there. And uh, maybe I'll just try to tease out a couple of them and then uh, we can we can iterate a bit and go deeper where you think is, is most useful. But uh, the, the idea that, well, if we think, first of all, there are people that we are ready to be in relationship with, and we think of those that we are associated with in some regard by superficial things. You know, we have the same, uh, well, let's make it uh, real superficial. You know, we, we like the same sports team. Um, just because someone's wearing black and gold, suddenly they're our friend. Um, it's pretty superficial, you know, but anyway, there's something there. Uh, and, you know, then other things like uh, blood is kind of accidental, you know, genealogy, the, the fact that uh, this is my, this person happened to be born into the same family or have the same DNA, even more so when people are separated, you know, through adoption or something like that. And then we rediscover somebody who has the same DNA in us, as us and, and we feel a kind of affinity to that person, uh, even when there hasn't been the, the, the shared childhood or something like that. Um, speaking the same language. And of course, we can say things like having the same skin color, uh, certainly adhering to the same religion or, uh, or, or shopping at the same store. You know, it's like there are a number of kind of superficial things that can make us feel like we're united. And then we can also fixate on certain things that make us feel more divided. And again, those can be big things or small things. You know, it could be an Eagles Steelers division. And uh, some people take that very seriously, you know, and, uh, and, and have real divisions there. And you think like, really over a football team? Um, or, you know, the uh, other things uh, could be like what stores you shop at or, you know, and then of course we get into to things in terms of uh, politics and morality. And that starts to uh, hit us at some deeper levels where shared values, uh, uh, where that's, uh, you know, maybe the reason I don't shop at that place is because they support abortion or something. And so it's not just a matter of, you know, I really like the uh, Target brand of pretzels or something. It's like 
target, I don't actually, I don't want to name names because I don't know offhand the, uh, you know, uh, but but certain companies that support really uh, immoral things or things that I'm I'm really uh, opposed to, in a, in a deep way, and so so we have a lot of different things that that make us uh, like people or not like people or want to be with people or not want to be with people, and uh, as I say, the there, you know, at some level we have to do this. I I always appreciate Jordan Peterson's insights about when they were trying to, or as they are trying to develop uh, artificial intelligence around, um, you know, creating robots or presence in the world, you know, things like uh, self-driving cars. And, and the, the thought originally was, well, do you have enough sensory input? Because we take in a lot of sensory input. We see a lot of things, hear a lot of things, we're coordinating a lot of things between our senses. And so the first effort was, can you get all of the sensory input? And then it quickly became a matter of, no, no, the problem is not enough sensory input. It's way too much sensory input. We have our, you know, a, a self-driving car gets flooded with data, way too much data. The problem is how to eliminate what's not important and actually focus on what is important. So if you think a self-driving car, you know, you, you want to focus on the lines, on potential obstacles, on following the map on whatever else. You don't need to worry about what the landscape looks like, what color the flowers are on the side of the road, or whether the trees are, are in bloom or, you know, the trees are have leaves or not. So knowing what to block out is actually the hard part. And we block out like 99%. I forget, he, he actually mentions a percentage. It's something like that. It's a huge amount of sensory input that we're blocking out. And, and to a certain degree, to extend that to analogy to relationships, there's just a lot that we have to block out. We just don't have time to develop relationships with 7 billion people. That's not possible. We don't have time to re- develop relationships with 70 people, really, I mean, at a deep level. So, so we have to select what we're going to, uh, who we're going to really get to know at a deep level. And then we make some basic judgments about, you know, if I'm going to spend a little bit of time with somebody, I don't want to spend time with people who are going to hurt me, betray me, that I I can't trust. Um, People who are uh, going to hurt people that I love or betray people that I love. Uh, So I need to surround myself with people who are safe for some value of safe and that's going to be people be people that that see the world the same way that I do to a certain degree, that behave the same way that I do to a certain degree. That uh, and so so we're doing some of those kinds of analyses as well as we make decisions about how we invest our time. Now, the goal. Uh, so that's that's a kind of natural process of of uh, just there's only 24 hours in a day. I have to make choices about how I spend my time. I need to do that in a way that I'm not constantly triggered and in danger, and uh, and in fact, I'm I want to be in relationships where there's real mutual love and understanding, where we can develop some depth, and and that becomes a kind of firm foundation, and and that's why you can think of sort of the ideal nuclear family where you have a say a father and a mother and a baby, and and there's really tight relationships, and that baby is going to grow and thrive in those relationships where the mother and the father are growing and thriving in their relationship that's as vulnerable, as transparent as possible, a lot of mutual trust and support, a lot of affirmation. And then that baby is also getting a lot of affirmation, growth, support, trust. And that's how, that's, 
that's really the idea. You can think of the Holy Family. You know, it's meant to be a, the beginning of a new creation, Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And uh, that's, the, that's the model for us and the kind of firm foundation. But that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is not that we just have a little nuclear family that's kind of perfect. The ultimate goal is that we do actually in some way move towards having a total unity with 7 billion people. And in fact, all of the billions of people that came before us throughout history and the ones who will come after us. That's what heaven is. Heaven is that level of intimacy, closeness, trust, transparency, vulnerability, real love, affirmation with everyone. So that's what heaven, that's what we're aiming towards. And then how do we get there? Well, uh, we, we start with that uh, mutual, that, that small core of, of real support. And then we have some emanating circles out from that. And that might be an extended family. It might be a neighborhood. It might be a parish. It might be some set of relationships that at, it's going to be slightly more superficial levels of evaluation are people that there is a real uh, unity, mutual understanding, that kind of thing. With And then from that place, we, we have to, we push out into the unknown. And, and that's part of the adventure of being human. That's part of the challenge of, of responding to God's call to love. We push out into the unknown, which is the person who speaks a different language, who has different cultural values, who has a different skin color, who loves a different football team, who, you know, who, uh, who, who uh, grows one kind of plant instead of another in their yard, who uh, uh, invests in this company rather than that one. So we, we push out into those places, and 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 then something really exciting happens. Difficult, painful sometimes, and requiring forgiveness, reconciliation, understanding, effort, perseverance—all this kind of stuff. But something exciting can happen as we discover harmony in difference, and and where that difference becomes not just a threat, but actually something that can enrich me and a place in which I can enrich someone else to a point that we move towards a, a greater harmony. And this is a little bit of you know the, the Hegelian, there's problems with Hegel, but anyway, his idea of thesis, antithesis, and synthesis is a, is a very useful thought process, that I meet something that's different from me, but in the meeting, we come to a higher synthesis, which is better for both of us. And, and that's the place that we're, we're pushing into. And that's the place that's difficult and that's the place where it's easier just to write people off and make divisions and and not work on any of those relationships. So that's a that's a bit of this the spectrum of things that we're dealing with. I just threw a lot of stuff out there, but feel free to push into any of that and we can explore it. You did, and, and I probably have episodes worth of questions to come out of that. <laughs> but to, to try to keep it, it as focused with what my original idea was, because I think you just nailed it perfectly. I was trying to come up with a basic thing of, of how humans are, and, and, and obviously it involves and there's so many different connections and spider webs that go crazy. But I want to go into with something that, that you mentioned that I thought was very important, which was we're, we're called to be with people that we trust. We don't think they're going to violate us. We don't think they're going to create harm. But no one's perfect. You know, you made the reference to the Holy Family of being the perfect family. And I'm sitting there thinking, it's like, well, for them being imperfect, a lot of bad things happened. They were refugees. They had a runaway in terror. 
Um, and that's just the stuff that they tell us in the Bible. It doesn't even bring up the fact that I'm sure there were times that their supply chain was wrong and they weren't able to get the, the you know, they were they're carpenters. So they were making things for people. So if the wood wasn't come in, if the wood wasn't good enough quality, they weren't able to make stuff. And, you know, all of those real life problems they dealt with. And then he had a midlife crisis and a career change, you know, like all of that stuff that, that, that we have too. Um, we don't know if Joseph did that, but we know that, that, that that's something that Jesus and Mary went through. And so for being perfect, there's a lot of messiness. Um, and, <laughs> and I think that that's important to point out is that this world, mm. our relationships are not meant to be static. And I bring that up to say that there's going to be times that we make mistakes that our mechanism for whatever point we are in our life, because I would like to think that the mechanism I have for figuring out who I want to be with now as a mid thirties person is different than what I had when I was 16. I would like to think that's the case that I've like grown and refined some ideas, but the way that that happens is you make some mistakes. You know, like, Oh, I thought that this would have gone this way, but it didn't. And this is what I saw in retrospect, why that relationship was horrible. So I'm going to look for that thing and by the virtue of that process, and, and hopefully it, it stood out as I articulate that, trying to figure out the one artificial thing, or sometimes it's deeper than artificial, may or may not be the whole answer. Because in reality, it's probably a bunch of things. And some of the things you might not be able to detect or even be aware of. As you were saying before, part of our job is to eliminate this sensory input well, maybe you're eliminating why that wasn't work out. Maybe it was a you thing. Maybe it was never going to be a good fit in terms of relationships. And I want to discuss now the element of when that goes wrong, It there is part of human nature for the run, the, the run and hide mentality. That you know what? I tried to be open. I tried to, to, to make something here. It didn't turn out the way I wanted. I'm not trying again. And I want to talk about that in, in twofold. First being, obviously, those mechanisms aren't perfect. So the likelihood of this happening is virtually infinite, as long as you keep trying enough. And second, how... I'm, I'm going to come up with the wrong word, and I'm sure it'll come up with a better word. But how much of a waste that is to run away and hide and to essentially take yourself out of life. I mean, there's, I'm sure I sure there's a nicer and better way to say that, but I also think people understand what I'm trying to say. And father, those are the two things that of what, what you told me, which again, so much there that I think are the two most pressing things for, for this moment in time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, both, uh, both important to explore. So the, uh, let me start with the second First, uh, the first one became a little fuzzy for me as we uh, as as we then moved. But uh, anyway, no, 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 it's not your fault. It's my it's my. I just got fuzzy in my head. Um, the uh, you know the importance of uh, the challenge of working on relationships, and 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 we have different kinds of relationships. So uh, let me say, on the one hand, um, you know let's say your, I don't know, brother-in-law or so I don't even know if you have a brother-in-law, so it's, it's real hypothetical, <laughs> but uh, you know, like your brother-in-law, uh, maybe you have some, you know, maybe there are some differences there. Uh, he sees things differently than you do. Um, maybe it's a, it, maybe it's a football difference or, or maybe it's a moral difference, you know, or maybe it's a, a 
a business choice difference or or maybe there are some some friends you know maybe it's a political difference uh, right so uh, we can think of different kinds of possibilities there and there can be a temptation to say uh, well like uh, I'm just going to write them off, you know, the cancel culture, right? We're just uh, forget about it. I don't need to interact with them anymore. And, uh, and to a certain degree, you can do that because you don't necessarily live in daily contact with them. Harder to do that with your wife, right? So there are some, you know, levels of commitment in relationships that make a difference, but your brother-in-law is even different than your business partner or, or a, a business, um, you know, you contract with people like a, a contractor that you use, there's a different level of commitment between those two. Your brother-in-law, in some sense, you're not going to get rid of. He's going to be around your whole life. You're going to have family things. You're not really going to be able to avoid that relationship. Um, now, the contractor, you may make a decision. Uh, it, this is time to part ways. We, we don't work well together. This isn't a, a good match. Um, we might be able to work this out in some kind of uh, broad sense, but it's going to be a lot of effort, and it's you know probably just not worth it in, you know, we can, we can coexist and, and go different ways. So just to recognize different levels of commitment matter in, in how we're working through relationships um, with someone like your, your brother-in-law, as I said, you know, the, um, so, so the thing that divides us uh, can be significant. It, it's always useful to build on the thing that unites us and, and ultimately even to go into a deeper understanding about the thing that divides us. It's something that I find quite a bit um, because I'm a priest, you know, people are always talking and because I'm a convert, you know, I've mentioned that. And then every parent in the crowd, uh, who has a, a child that's alienated from the faith comes up to me as if I have the, you know, kind of magic answer about how to bring their children back to the church. Um, I, sh it's really kind of, uh, demeaning to say it that way. And I don't, I don't mean to be demeaning. I'm trying to be a little funny, but, but these are not actually funny things. People yeah. really suffer over these things, but just to say, you know, people understandably come up to me and, and ask me, like, you know, my son is away, my daughter is away, my my uh, brother says he's an atheist, my whatever, how do I talk to him? And and I usually will start by saying, well, do you know why they're away? And probably 90% of the time, the answer is no. And maybe there's a guess. Uh, well, you know, this was hard, that was hard, their friends went away, there are a lot of guesses, but it's like, can we start there? Can we find out what the person actually is doing underneath this? And, and that's to bring it back to where you started from with the, you know, the, fair, or the, uh, the tax collectors and the sinners, the prostitutes. At some level, Jesus went through the superficial and he actually saw the heart of the person. So yeah, she's living a dissolute lifestyle. Yeah, he's working for the Roman government. But why? Where's the heart? And is there a woundedness there? Was there a sequence of bad decisions that led them to that place? Is it redeemable? Is the person, if they were actually loved and seen, would they be able to make some steps to come back? But the, being seen in love needs to not be utilitarian. Like, I will love you if you stop being a prostitute. Well, that's not real love then. That's a utilitarian manipulation of somebody to change their behavior. Uh, can I actually see the person? Wow, this is a really wounded person who's made some bad decisions and is in a bad place, but there's still a human being who has an infinite dignity and is worthy of love. And maybe if I understood the pain that's there, the difficulty that's there, the shame that, that covers so many things, 
maybe a lot of things would be different for that person if they were actually seen, especially by somebody like me, who is relatively well regarded by society, et cetera. And I could really reach out to that person. Now we may need to have some boundaries around that. Anyway, those are, but, but then we're starting to talk about real relationships. And as I say, can I do that for every prostitute and every tax collector? Well, I can't personally, but um, are there some who are already in my sphere of influence, like my brother-in-law or my sister-in-law, you know, or, uh, it, or, or has God brought them into my life in an interesting way? You know, that, that happens. I met this, uh, I gave a retreat and I hardly, I've, I've spoken at this retreat many times and I've never gone to lunch with them. Uh, because I kind of come in for an evening talk. So I'm not even usually there for lunch. I happened to come early. I happened to come to lunch. I happened to hear confessions after lunch. When I came to lunch, I just scanned the crowd and then listened to the Holy Spirit and sat next to a person. And that began, uh, gosh, I think we've known each other for six years now. And she really tanked. So like got into drugs made a wreckage of her life, ended in, in treatment facilities, halfway houses. But it, the Lord brought her into my life. I stuck with her. And, and she would say, even now, now a lot of people helped her out, but she would say, you were always a father for me through everything. And that made a huge difference. You always saw more in me than I saw in myself. So anyway, the point is, sometimes we have random connections, random, uh, Holy Spirit random. Uh, and so so how do you know we can only work on so many relationships but learning to see the person to ask the question to understand the heart and and to be willing to set aside our own aversions whatever our own judgments our own superficial categories enough to see the person that's kind of the challenge for us uh at, at entering into it now again I can there are layers of challenges and difficulties that come along the way when there doesn't seem to be reconciliation, how far do we go? Where are the boundaries around that? Those are all good questions. But I guess just to kind of put out there, first of all, the idea that that we that we really try to, uh, in those relationships that we are going to choose to enter into and work with, and there are reasons to do that or not, with a particular person, that we'd really try to see the heart and understand the person. And if there's a difference, understand the difference. Ask the question about it and be really curious how how is it that uh i was just talking to a pastor who's a uh in a parish in uh, uh alabama and he's like you know people in my parish have friends who were beaten for the right to vote and i'm feeling like in the coming presidential election i almost wonder if i can vote things are so crazy and he said but uh, like there are people who will vote and i don't even think they would agree with the Democratic Party, but they'll probably vote Democrat because that's the party that got them the right to vote. You know, anyway, things like that. And I said to him, well, could you have a conversation with them about this? He's because he said, I'm not looking forward to preaching about these things because I just, it's going to be like a, a nuclear war. And uh, I said, well, can you get to know them and just ask them the question? Let them tell you the story, understand why it is that they are affiliated with that party or vote that way or why it matters to them or what their concerns are like just listen and try and he said yeah oh, that makes a lot of sense he said i think i'm here long enough they trust me enough now that they could do that but anyway it's a lot more things about just uh trying to listen ask questions be curious and understand how people actually are rather than what we have sort of 
judge them to be based on superficial evaluations. And that's a great answer, Father. And it's definitely going to guide our conversation for next week as well. As I'm sitting here, got just so much more going on here. So I want to thank everyone out there for listening. If you haven't already, please do click subscribe um, and share us with your friends. We are growing rapidly. I feel like I say that every single time we're recording, but it's because it's true. I look at the numbers and they're bigger than they were two months ago. They're bigger than they were a year ago, obviously. And we thank everyone out there for being a part of this. And, and we hope that we're helping everyone out there by having these conversations and, and hopefully making a difference. So we thank you guys for being with us. And you know, please click like and subscribe and all that sharing stuff. So thank you.